0: Podcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. We are back here with our founders and visionaries, of course, creating champions for life is what they do. Bonnie and Thomas Leota joining us here today for another amazing show to talk about all the work they're doing to help you, your family, your children, your parents, I mean, your relationships and really bringing out the true potential in every child. Welcome back today. How are you?
1: Wonderful. Thank
0: you so much. We're great, Jill. Nice to see you. You too. And for those new time listeners, let's just remind them of your website, how we can contact you. And I know we're going to jump right into the true potential of each child out there, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And if you're looking for help with your family, always go to learntospeakkid.com for some free resources that can totally transform your life. Yeah.
0: And Thomas, and how are you life. doing today?
2: I'm right there between good and great. I want to say thank you for asking.
0: Well, thank you for being here, guys. I appreciate it. So let's talk about this true potential. You mentioned Dr. John Locke. What does he have to do with all this from the 17th century?
1: Right, from the 17th century. Well, he was the very first doctor or person in history to write any article on parenting. And if you go back to the 17th century or even before that, we touched on a little bit last week where the cavemen used to beat each other over the heads. And during the 17th century, things were very... They, they just beat children to get them to do what they wanted to do. So he wrote this article saying that children are born knowing nothing. And he called it a blank slate. So when I say children are born with a blank slate, that's his words that he used word for word. And what he meant by that is like a blank canvas. If you're an artist and you look at this canvas, so they're open to receive any life skills that you're willing to take the time to teach them but to make the point that they're not born knowing anything. They're not born knowing how to use their manners, how to sit straight up in a chair. Everything you want your child to be, do, and have, you must take the time to teach them. And Thomas has a story to share about the martial arts tournaments that you take your students to and something that you noticed back then.
2: Yeah, one thing that I noticed is that from white belt to black belt, there's 12 steps, and each one builds on itself starting off with self-control responsibility self-discipline and so forth and what i would notice is that when we went to tournaments this is where you got a chance to see other schools and other disciplines and i always ask myself why is it that this child who's a student who is about halfway a little bit more than halfway about a brown belt why is he running all the way over to mom who's in the stands ...to come tie his belt. And this is the belt that you would wear around your waist... ...where you tie it and you're ready to go. Like tying your shoes. Mm -hmm. I can see when a child was maybe two and didn't know how to do it... ...mommy would do it for him. But I'm thinking to myself... ...how do you get from white belt all the way to brown belt... ...and mommy's still tying your shoes? Second, you would have moms that would come to the classroom... And go oh my gosh I'm so sorry little Timmy's uniform wasn't clean and and I'm so sorry I'm just so sorry I didn't get a chance to wash it for him yet and I'm thinking to myself what is curiously off the mark don't want to say wrong because then people take a personal but what's off the mark like what's left out or what's missing to this puzzle so we can solve it when a mom feels that she has to wash the child's uniform when we teach self-control i'm in control my body my actions responsibility i am responsible for my actions and my belongings you see the martial arts comes from the ancient trainings of self-control to take on all the missing life skills that starts you off from zero to hero and it's a process that mm-hmm. every animal in the animal kingdom follows so Where was it? And then it kind of clicked. Wait a minute. I remember learning in the studies when they asked me to get a couple degrees in uh, child behavior education because there was a formality to run a daycare, which is, it it was just a loop to go through. However, moms have been conditioned to believe that their self-worth is about the ability to provide and do for their offspring or their children so now you've got this conflicting idea of passing it on to raise a champion or i have to do it because society's saying what kind of mom doesn't get her son their lunch or provide their mclean uniform
0: yeah where's the accountability on the child
2: right mm-hmm. there's the rub
0: Ooh. yeah
1: so what was the difference between like a hundred years ago where we ended up with the henry fords of the world and the thomas edisons of the world the leaders who created the world that we live in today how did they how were they so innovative and so responsible for their own selves? i mean henry ford had like a grade six education started building cars and we all know his history i think What was the difference so if we go back children back in the day had purpose if they wanted to eat dinner for instance the two and three-year-olds even have had jobs to do where in today's world like tom was saying the mom does everything for the kid the kid just shows up and says where's my dinner and we're literally conditioned to believe that the kids are just supposed to listen to you when you speak and when they don't then they're being kind of blamed like something's off the mark there's something wrong with the child But we really need to think about this if we want to, I want to say, save the next generation from these labels and from, you know, just living a life where they feel like there's something wrong with them. Like they feel like I can't do anything without mom. The second thing is life skills. So because parents back in the day, the baby boomer parents had more children than the norm because they needed help on the farm. So their whole... Purpose was to begin with the end in mind. If we want help on the farm, then we need to teach our children how to help on the farm. That's how they duplicated. And I want you to imagine every business in the world. You start off with just one entrepreneur and then you hire one or two. And then as it grows, you begin to duplicate through your employees. But imagine being the boss or the leader of your business and you have the mindset of, I need to be doing, have everything for my kids and all they or my, my employees and all they need is attention. And you went around and you did everybody's job for them. Like business wouldn't run very well, kind of like our homes aren't running very well right now. The next thing is, is they earned privileges. My great mentor, Napoleon Hill, he wrote Think and Grow Rich. He wrote the books, The Laws of Success back in the 1920s. And, you know, he, the whole thing was, is that if we did everything for our kids, they would grow up like lack of ambition. They would grow up with a belief of being unworthy. So... He didn't have a pair of shoes till he was 12 years old, right? So he talked about earning privileges back in the day. If you wanted to go fishing, you needed to earn your own fishing pool kind of thing. Where today, our kids' rooms are filled with the Toys R Us. We provide everything. In fact, toddlers are being given iPads as a distraction so mom can go do the dishes or something like that. So kids aren't earning their own privileges. And talk about Ray Charles.
2: We all know Ray Charles is a phenomenal musician. He took the 12 (laughs) universal notes and created some amazing music that we all know. But a lot of us don't really know that when he was really young, he had a situation happen where he lost his eyesight. And they were growing up on a farm, very poor. So it was him and his mom. And there was a one time in the documentary which showed Ray fell down. And was crying, Mama, Mama. And the mama knew with the end in mind, I can't always be here for you, little Ray. You're going to have to pick yourself up all by yourself. So the mama stood on the side and watched her boy fall down mm-hmm. and had tears in her eyes of, like, I, I can't do it. I can't come over there anymore. And he kept yelling out, Mama, Mama, Mama and then stopped yelling because mama didn't come. And he said, I see you, Ray. Now you gotta be able to one day pick yourself up. And I want you to think for a moment and listen. What do you hear? <laughs> well, I, I, I hear the cricket over there cricket. I, I, I can I can feel the sun on my face so I know which way east and west was during the morning and the night. That's right, Ray. And I want you to feel around for something to grab a hold of. What do you feel? Well, well, I feel this is the chair. That's right. And so you look for those things and you build yourself. You stand up on your own. Mm-hmm. And it was wow. that transformation right there, which is, I wouldn't say the missing piece, but what if it was the missing piece, moms, that we'd be able to separate? There's that emotional umbilical cord that is between the mother and the offspring that serves its purpose to do four. why they can't do anything but between one and two at the age one to two if you keep doing four that's a formula for terrible twos you keep going it's horrific threes and I've even seen it post in Facebook the effing fours so if you held on to that emotional umbilical cord that served its purpose it's expired after the age of two what if you could start to be just like Ray Charles's mom, and start oh. to transfer it, and that right there creates champions for life.
0: Beautifully said. Wow, I didn't really—I I didn't even know Ray Charles's story. I never seen this. Now I'm going to uh, look at that more. There's actually a, um, a movie made on this, a documentary. Yeah, Jill, a drama.
2: I want to ask, who's a genius over there?
0: Oh, not me. You told well, me.
2: No, 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 no. You put two and two together all by yourself. Thank you. are very smart.
0: This is awesome. Okay, okay. This is amazing, right? Someone like that who's accomplished so much with what some people may call a handicapped or a handicap, or I could say an ability, not a disability, but it's amazing what we could do. And I know we talked last week a little bit about Dr. Spock too, right? And his parenting technique. Is that something you wanted to kind of touch upon too? Well, yeah, because all of these, like even Ray Charles come back
1: from back in the day, right? Whereas mom knew I needed to let my child struggle. So when Dr. Spock came along in 1946 and wrote the book, Baby and Child Care, it sold more copies than any other book except for the Bible for 50 years running. Millions wow. and millions and millions of copies. That's why every single parent in the world today uses what we know is called Time Out. Super Nanny used it called Naughty Mat or Naughty Time where we're supposed to come in and catch the child doing something inappropriate in the in the moment so that we can offer a consequence. And what we're saying here is if children are born with a blank slate and they have no idea how the world works, then isn't it our responsibility to show our child what to do? So let's talk about the hitting. You brought it up last week. What do you do when a child hits? And let's use the actual magic formula. In Dr. Spock's world, and we're going to talk gentle parenting, attachment parenting, like all of these pretty name kind of parenting is still based on Dr. Spock's book where you would come in, catch your child doing something inappropriate like hitting, and then we would offer some sort of consequence. What we're saying is when you see a child hitting, they're missing life skills. We must as parents start stepping up as leaders and go, What life skill does this child need to be successful when I'm not here? Because Jill, like who can follow their toddler around going, I won't let you hit and make sure that the toddler doesn't hit another child. It's impossible. The teachers, the daycare workers, the friends, parents are not going to follow your lead if that's what you're doing with your toddlers. So what do they do, Tom, when the child starts hitting in layman's terms, parenting terms?
2: You're always going to see something that you don't like when you first start. The electron, the negative, always shows up first. Yeah. So we do that reframe. Obviously, I see something I don't like. Whoop, switch it around. What if it was just a little genius embracing his own uniqueness and going after something in his own unique way that he only knows how? Like cry and it's hit. What if there was a way... To show them the missing piece to the puzzle for them that could be raise a hand tap on a shoulder ask could i play with that when could i have a turn there's so many things and if we sung it one time like one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve you know the pointer sisters back in 1876 that had that pinball game on sesame street that we can all remember the jingle jangle what if there was anywhere from one to 12 things that parents could show that would be not only bet er but would be right er for who and it'd be that little genius going i've been asking you to show me and if all i know was hit and you didn't show me anything else anybody would do that to survive especially like kick bite scratch or claw." just to get your head above water for oxygen it's called survival mode and to be blamed for that if you don't know you don't know that's one thing but now that you do know shame on you second time shame on me wow
0: empowering wow okay what else do you want to add to that Bonnie? it's so true
1: Well, what I want to add is it's so much easier to do things on your own. So when Tom's talking about between the ages of one and two, we need to start releasing the emotional umbilical cord and give the toddler many chances to say, look at me. Now, if you've got a school age kid or a teenager, the same principles apply. It's never too late. It's time to kind of step back as a leader in the home and give your child or your teenager a chance to rise up, to go look at me. I made that happen. And so if it's putting the toys in the toy box as a toddler before you get your treat, you know, I want yogurt. I would love for you to have yogurt. Let's put the toys in the toy box. To me and you, putting a toy in the toy box is simple. You go, you put your toy in a box. To a toddler, looking at a room full of toys, it might be a little bit overwhelming. So we've got to think with the end in mind to teach the life skill. Parents put the toys in the toy box, take the toy out, watch the toddler put the toy in the toy box one toy at a time. And if you have the plan in place and you have something to share on this, we have the plan in place, allowing your child to struggle a little bit to learn the life skill is going to be really valuable to that toddler because how do you learn anything without experiencing it first and without experiencing a little bit of failure the toddler putting the toys away simple to you but to the toddler it's a big job to do
2: and just a plus one to this one jill when we see the child be able to get on twos or they're still going on fours, but the moment that they grab something off the shelf or out of the box this has to be if not the number one missed window of opportunity to go my little genius is ready to learn honey did you see that that's called out of the box (laughs) and that's called off the shelf of course they've already learned play mode because that's what they do they grab everything and right then what if we could show them opposite of out of the box would be when you complete the cycle it would be the opposite of out would be you guessed it i was waiting for the thinkers to go it's called in the box because mama puts it in the box to complete the cycle but if we always let them Mm -hmm. take it out and play and then we track them with lunch and here's a tv thing and then mom comes back and puts everything back in where does that sacred game between one and two of game of opposites get a chance to be trained in the brain because every child would easily be able to take it out going did you see that yeah and i played it over here and guess what i put it back in the box who's a little genius that knows how to do that all by themselves they're always good at taking food out of the fridge the opposite of out of the fridge would be put it back in the fridge that's the cycle that's missing and if we had it then everything would just keep moving along as it's been designed originally by our creator
1: Yeah, next week, we're going to talk about internal motivation, right? You were asking last week, how do you get a kid to do their homework? How do you get the toddler to put the toys in the toy box? Well, if we're constantly telling them what to do, then, like, they don't want to do something just because you told them to do. They want to be recognized, and they want to be able to do it, and feel good about themselves and I know that it's important to all of us parents that our kids feel good about themselves right we build their self-esteem their self-confidence and this whole struggle thing is really important allowing your toddler to struggle allowing your school-age kid to sit at the table and struggle with his homework before coming in and taking over allowing your teenager to struggle a little bit by getting a job or doing what they need to do to be able to make what's important for them to show up and I want To share that napoleon hill in the book i love napoleon hill because i love universal principles and the laws of success this is what i've studied for over 30 years and this is what we are applying to parenting but when we understand that the strongest of oak trees is not the one that's protected from the storms it's the one that stands in the field that has the hot scorching sun and all the wind trying to blow it over and as it's trying to blow it over it builds strength here and it builds strength there But this is quote for quote out of the book of the Laws of Success published in 1928. He says, inaction leads to atrophy. So when we as parents feel like we need to be their maid, their cook, their chauffeur, do everything for them and while they sit over there and watch TV, atrophy, uh, inaction leads to atrophy and this in turn leads to a loss of ambition and self-confidence. Without these essential qualities a man will be carried through life on the wings of uncertainty. Far from being a disadvantage, struggle is a decided advantage because it develops those qualities that would forever lie dormant without it. And this is so powerful because when you're watching an 18-month-old try to get up on a chair, "Er, er, er," they might even cry "Er," a little bit, and you come along and you help the toddler up on a chair, right then you're wrecking the struggle and you're breaking their self-confidence because if you had just allowed them one more minute to get up on that chair without you, how do you think they would feel when they got up on the chair as opposed to you coming over and helping them up on a chair? That's an example of struggle. Teaching your school-age kid how to handle a bully and then trusting that they can go and stand up for themselves is allowing them to struggle. When we think that we have to go to the school and we have to talk to the bully and the bully's parents and we have to do everything for our kid, we're not allowing them the chance to actually grow and create strength and create self-confidence. And now how does that kid handle bullies when he's 15 to 16 at high school and so on? Perfect. That's a really important point to make.
0: Oh my goodness. I do love
2: this so much, and there's just a let's give a little like appetizer of why we do want to tune in next week when we go more in depth of how do you get your kid to do their homework? I was asked that all the time in the martial arts school. The moms would come and say, "How do you get them to do all these stuff for you? It's magical." And I'm like, "You don't." But if I could give you a hint to tune in next week, what if it was as simple as make it their idea?
0: Ooh, ooh, interesting. Let's try that out and give us more advice how to do so. we got two minutes left.
1: Two minutes. Okay, so validate. We're talking about validate through role-playing. Go ahead.
2: Well, validate is just to recognize that they're doing something. Think yourself as taking that negative, what you don't like, and just look at it that they actually did something. Just like every kid will do something to be validated look who's ready to learn when they do something that's called i'm ready to learn mode if they knew how to say it they would have already said it but that's our interpretation of you got to look beyond what you don't like and see a little genius who's going did you see me i'm starting to do it like i don't know yet how but i'm ready to learn
1: yeah, so, so from 2 to 20, or if you've got a 29-year-old living in the basement, the whole point of this is to recognize that they need to learn life skills. They're not going out of their way to do something wrong where they need some sort of consequence or punishment. So I think next week's going to be really exciting as we get into how to motivate a child or a teenager from the inside out life-changing
0: i cannot wait because uh yeah, i'll Yay. be that year soon uh about 10 uh 8 uh, yeah, i had a few more years but it, it'll happen uh thank you guys so much for being here please remind us how we can reach you learn to speak and you'll find a bunch of free
1: resources and access to our creating champions for life app that way perfect thank you so thank much you guys and in sure. closing thank today i gotta
0: thank you for being here always awesome and thank you for your patience today with the late start and i'm glad we we're able to still complete the show thank you so much yeah Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. To all of our listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back with Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network.
2: This is you over 30 years ago.
0: Are we there yet? Are we there yet?
2: And this is your mom, when you drive her back from therapy.
0: Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet?
2: Roles change without us noticing. And in your new role, we help you help. AARP gives you the information to help care for your mom so that you can have patience with her, just like she did with you. Visit aarp.org caregiving or call one three three three5885 to get practical health and wellness tips to provide even better care for your loved one.
0: Are we there yet?
2: Remember, visit aarp.org/caregiving. AARP We help you help. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.